Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is the 25th episode of the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast, putting um, one out a week every Friday for your enjoyment. Um, Once again, if you're new to the podcast or you've just been listening for the past few weeks, I try to keep it around 20 minutes. Um, I love some of the long-form podcasts out there, especially some that are very dialogue-focused, but I'm going to let them do that. I'm going to let folks do interviews. The Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast is really a bite-sized little bit of fly fishing something um, for you uh, on your commute, while you are folding laundry, while you're doing dishes, uh, while you are taking your lunch break, and hopefully uh, it will kind of stimulate your mind to do more things. I never um, have put myself as any sort of authority in the fly fishing industry or in fly fishing techniques or in fly fishing history or in fly fishing culture. But uh, as a participant in all of those things with kind of, you know, toes in every one of those waters, uh, hopefully some of the perspective that I bring can, again, spur you on to reach out for more. And whether that is through something that I've done with all of my writing on castingcross.com or one of the links to one of the resources from one of the either the brands or the other websites or something that I have uh, done work with, then that is my hope and my desire. And most of all, that you get more uh, enjoyment out of your time on the water and that important facet of fly fishing, which is more enjoyment out of the anticipation of getting out in the water. Because if we're honest with ourselves, and if I'm honest with myself, a lot more of my fly fishing uh, energy and effort happens um, when I'm not fly fishing uh, in in anticipation of and in preparation for those moments when I do get out. So uh, again, that's what this podcast is all about. And so I do appreciate everyone who's been downloading, who has been listening, who has been liking it and subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Uh, for those who've been leaving comments, I really enjoy that. For the emails I get, and by the way, feel free to email me, Matthew at castingacross.com. Um, and with any ideas about shows, uh, feedback you may have, uh, and uh, I try to get back to everyone as soon as possible or through all of the social platforms, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, of course, the uh, the website, castingacross.com. Anyway, uh, that's a little bit longer of a, a preamble than I usually give, but it's the 25th show. 
So I thought I would uh, kind of give a little bit of a recap for those who haven't gone back and listened to the introduction to the podcast, which is actually episode four, not episode one. Anyway, tonight I want to talk about um, conservation. So conservation and fly fishing, as we know, go hand in hand. Without conserving the resource, which has been um, harmed primarily by us, by people, um, just through the uh, industrialization of the nation, through the overuse of the resource, uh, through the mismanagement of land around the resource. Particularly when we talk about trout fishing, uh, this is something that has led to this resurgence of uh, conservation and a conservation ethic among fly anglers. And so when you think about uh, fly fishing organizations, Fly fishing is certainly part of what they do and their mission, but conservation is always a significant part of that. When you think of fly fishing brands, uh, virtually every fly fishing brand out there is also an advocate for conservation. Of course, you could take the uh, road that is certainly reasonable, which is to say that they're doing these things and saying these things because if you don't, people aren't going to uh, patronize them and give them money. At the same time, what it does is it, it, it keeps it in the forefront of people's minds and it reinforces that conservation and the conservation ethic um, is saturated within the culture of fly fishing, whether it be folks who are on the ground um, or whether it be in the industry. So you really can't get around it. That being said, we're at a point in our greater culture, not just fly fishing culture, but kind of Western American culture, where we are, um, I'll put it this way, it's easy to resort to virtue signaling, and it's easy to resort to, quote, raising awareness. And I don't want to disparage folks that do this who have the best intentions. At the same time, that's not conservation. And I you could kind of turn you know this all back around on me and say by doing a podcast about this or by writing about this aren't you just raising awareness well that's certainly true um if i didn't back it up if i only talked the talk and didn't walk the walk then that would be a perfectly um fair judgment but as we'll talk about in a second i kind of want to share a little bit why i feel like i can say these things but all that to say, reposting something on Instagram isn't converse, uh, con- it's conversation, but it's not conservation. And maybe that's the that's the the line that we can draw, the kind of the dividing line between some of these things that really seem like they're doing a lot of good, but they might not actually be doing good. Um, you're generating conversation, but not actual conservation. So we see a lot of that. And that's not just true in kind of the protecting cold water fisheries, protecting warm water fisheries, protecting saltwater fisheries, protecting fish stocks, whether they be striped bass or whether they be um, other coastal species, uh, whether it be um, preserving uh, heritage strains of fish out in the Rocky Mountains like greenback cutthroats or um, out here on the East Coast, certain populations of brook trout, um, whether it be removing dams uh, all over the country, whether it be even just the talk about climate change and, and how that, um, and again, staying away from that topic with a 10-foot pole, really, but even just how the talk of that impacts fly fishing, um, the, the dollars and cents of it and uh, the, the regulations and all of those things. These are conversations that need to be had, but it, it, it needs to you know, go from just talk to action. Um, because that's that's where we're actually doing things, not when we argue about stuff on the internet, 
which is about as uh, useless as a football bat. Anyway, so here's some of my perspective on the whole issue. There's some things that you can actually do that are super, super small, but blow away, blow out of the water. I mean, sink to the bottom of the ocean the uh, big flashy barges that are um, social media reposts and the signaling that you care about the environment. And here's the first one. Pick up trash. Just pick up trash. If you see a styrofoam worm cup, pick it up. It is dirty, but guess what? It's going to continue to be dirty on the stream bank um, for uh, days, weeks, months, and years to come if you don't pick it up. Um, And if you see beer cans, if you see... (laughs) Hypodermic needles, which actually uh, where I live isn't so uncommon, um, be careful with those. Maybe maybe uh, figure out some clever way to do that. Uh, but pick up your trash. Uh, certainly your own trash, but trash that you encounter. I almost feel like if you encounter trash, it's your trash. It becomes your responsibility. So bring a, a single-use plastic trash bag, which... You know, the single use of a plastic trash bag to pick up trash is uh, is a perfectly great single second use of something like that, which don't get me started on single use trash bags and or grocery bags, um, because they're certainly not single use when you have children at home who generate lots of waste. Um, and we'll leave it also at that. But pick up trash that you find. Um, this this is a great way to to do a lot of things and and not to spend too much time on this but just think about the repercussions of this if somebody goes to a place that's dirty that they don't have a conservation ethic they are more likely to pollute it's just common sense you you kind of water raises to to its own level but if somebody goes who might not have a conservation ethic who might not have the kind of environmental stewardship that we might perceive that we have or we should have within the uh, fly fishing community then uh, they might say, you know what, this place is clean. I probably should throw this in a trash can. Is that a, a hard and true ru- rule? No, people are going to act like morons um, needlessly, but people are also going to you know, do things that really surprise you. So it's best to set them up for success. Furthermore, a lot of the conversations that we're having regarding um, conservation and land use come down to privately held land, which is not the worst thing in the world. Um, certainly we've all had bad experiences with privately held land that we'd wish we could get onto fish, but at the same time, um, I really don't trust, uh, a lot of public policy when it comes to our waterways and sometimes private landowners who have a lot of, uh, say in these matters, if their land has been treated well by anglers and by other people who recreate on their land, then that is going to leave a good taste in their mouth when it comes to advocating for not just where they live, but upstream and downstream from that. So pick up trash. And I would say as a little bit of a um, uh, auxiliary point to this whole thing, uh, don't just throw your trash in a pocket. Don't just throw your trash in your vest. Uh, When you're fishing, have a designated spot, and here's why. Um, For years and years, (laughs) I realized I was clipping tippet and taking off strike indicators and putting them in my waiter pockets and putting them in my chest pack when I used to use that, sling pack when they had that, vest when I had that. And what I actually threw away when I got home was much less than I was putting away on the stream. And so you have these things that are incredibly light and the, the slightest you know breeze, when you unzip something, 
it blows it out of the water or out of your, your pack and into the water and you don't even know that you're lettering. And so I don't know how much monofilament and how many pulse strike indicators and, and how many spent flies and wrappers I've lost just because I've kind of assumed that things would be where I put them when I get to take them out. So uh, I would say get a designated trash holding pocket in your vest or in your sling pack, or um, even if it means buying something. I know that um, some some folks like Fish Pond make little um, containers for especially your, your spent... Uh, tippet and mono so that's number one is picking up trash and all that entails that is a lot more of course than just picking up a styrofoam worm cup secondly uh pass the message on and again not just on social media now of course if you are somebody who has a platform someone which you know to have a platform larger than casting across doesn't take a whole lot but if you have a platform where you have a message where you can influence people in a positive manner then that certainly can be considered passing the message along, but I'm talking about on the ground. I'm talking about having these conversations with people face-to-face where your eyes are looking at their eyes, not through a keyboard, not through a, a picture with a cute little caption on an Instagram story, but actually have a conversation with somebody. That is going to be much more profound, whether that be somebody that you fish with regularly or somebody you meet with on the stream. It doesn't mean you need to be weird and awkward and be like, hey, how's the fishing? By the way, do you care about nature? I mean, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, as opportunities present themselves, have those conversations. And I would say the most significant way that this plays out is when you are teaching somebody to fly fish, whether this be your child, whether this be your grandchild, whether this be somebody who wants to go fishing with you because they've noticed that you are a fly fisher. Have this conversation. Have, let them understand all of the ramifications of taking care of the water. Why some streams are catch and release, not just for the the benefit of the sport, but because the fisheries have been depleted. So this is why we practice catch and release. It isn't so that we can post cool pictures on Instagram of dripping wet fish and hashtag them with whatever is new and fun. It's because the way we handle fish matters. Because. They have a certain uh, standard of life that they need to uphold as the kind of organism that they are, that they have certain spawning habitats, and that's why we can't fish for them um, in certain places, why we don't walk on reds, why we don't fish for them certain times of the year. This kind of information is absolutely, um, you know, periphery to how to cast and how to put a fly in front of a trout um, or any other fish for that matter, but this is essential to communicate to the next generation being younger people or anyone else why we do the things that we do and you make that as much of an emphasis as you make catching fish you you treat it as all equal knowing that uh, it, it is necessary to perpetuate what we do and what we enjoy doing so passing it on I would say is the second thing that is really, really important and something that doesn't take a whole lot of energy and effort. So first, pick up trash. Second, pass it on through what you do and how you communicate. Give it the same value that you give the actual act of fishing, the the conservation ethic. And whether that be communicating picking up trash or whether it be communicating, um, you know, why we release fish, why we use barbless hooks, all that sort of stuff. Um, communicate that with the same sort of fervor that you communicate. You know, this is how you do a trout set. This is how you do a strip set, things like that. The third thing I would say is get involved with people. Um, 
the the collective is often much more powerful than the individual, especially when it comes to conservation practice. If a dozen people show up at a town meeting uh, to have their voice heard, that's going to leave a much greater impression than if you write a letter or you send a form uh, letter online to your uh, your your local politician. When it comes to everything from changing a um, you know a, a culvert into a more fish friendly uh, passage or a larger um, issue, you know. We have these huge issues like what's happening in the Everglades, what's happening up in Pebble Mine. I mean, that's about as wide of a stretch as you can you can think. But we have local issues like that all over the place. And it's not to say that those big issues like Pebble Mine aren't important because they certainly are and they matter. But you can do a lot more by going and talking to your local conservation department or your local politicians about kind of grassroots, homegrown issues across the street than you can by uh, copying and pasting an image and posting it on social media of the no pebble mine thing do that but let that be the icing on the cake the 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 um you know the sizzle whereas your stake is the fact that you're actually doing that work you don't have the largest spawning um, grounds of salmon in your backyard, but you have a stream that might uh, not have fish in it at all, but the fact that it has clean water going into a stream that has fish in it is worth protecting. And so if something happens, you can you can come along and say, you know what, no, no, the development needs to really be aware of, of this little trickle, of this spring, of this whatever. And that's that's legitimate work. If that's what you feel kind of called to do, if, if you... If this is something that matters, if you are super prone to posting all sorts of stuff on social media, then definitely consider actually getting your feet dirty and going out and finding what you can do in your town, in your county, and in your state at that level. And again, oftentimes that means partnering with people, whether that be your Trout Unlimited chapter or whether that be some other local conservation organization that really isn't even fly fishing um, focused, but they care about um, animals, they care about uh, wild places, um, and, and being able to do that, which might even mean kind of separating yourself from some of the things that they're, they're into, but just to be able to stand up and say, hey, these are the things that I care about. I know you're into all this other stuff, but what I, I really care about is, is help protecting this thing, and let's at least agree on that, um, because you are going to encounter that, and I think a lot of people get turned off to partnering with other people because of some of the other associations that they have, um, things that might be politically uh, distasteful to them. Um, and again, if that's a line you don't want to cross, then more power to you. I mean, everything has a conviction associated with it. And so you really do need to balance that. But those are the three things that I would say are, are ways to really, um, again, just totally blow out of the water the signaling that we can do by talk, just talking about, just having conser- conversation about conservation by posting something on the internet or saying that someone's an idiot because they aren't doing something. Well, what are you doing, I would say? If you complain about a politician not doing something, you saying they're not doing something isn't doing something, if that makes sense. Um, Really, it kind of comes down to anything else. I mean, you can say you love your wife. You can tell her you love her. You You can say it, you know, till you're blue in the face. But if your actions don't back that up, is that really, truly the emotion that you have and the feeling that you have. So 
fly fishing and conservation certainly isn't as important as loving your wife, but hopefully you understand the analogy. So get out there and do it. And let me know if you have um, other simple yet at the same time profound ways to help your, uh, your local causes or even national causes. Um, and lastly, and I'll just say this not to toot any horns, but these are things that I do. I, I, I don't do them as well as I could, but I, I do do them. Uh, so uh, I, I wouldn't uh, level these things out there and uh, make them priorities if I wasn't doing them myself. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll mention that just to give myself a little bit of street cred and, and not sound hypocritical. This week on Casting Across, two really good articles. Well, one good article and one just kind of personal whiny article. But anyway, the good article, Elevate Youth, Nature, Fish, and Transformation. So again, it's called Elevate Youth, Nature, Fish, and Transformation. Elevate Youth is a Boston-based program that brings inner-city students into wild places. They are working on getting fly fishing integrated into their program, but right now they do everything else hiking and climbing and kayaking and fishing with conventional gear really cool the pictures in the article are worth checking out seeing these kids who have a lot of them never been outside the city actually getting out on open water and catching saltwater fish um, is really really cool to see and see their faces so definitely look at that and and check out the article elevate youth nature fish and transformation and that's another great example of kind of a conservation ethic they You'll read an article. Just 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 read the article, and you'll see kind of how that's another way to put your money where your mouth is. The second one is called "You Need Your Casting Arm to Fish." I got hurt uh, a couple weeks back, and it has kind of scared me because the nature of my injury uh, is directly impacting my ability to fly fish. So you can read about that and kind of just my thoughts and how um, really it's it's a a look at getting older. Um, I didn't really like to talk about that or write about that, but it's something in my mid thirties that I'm kind of having to come to grips with and to, uh, to understand. Today's recommendation is a little bit different than all those that have come beforehand. It is for Sunfish Woodworks out of uh, Michigan. And uh, I ran across Sunfish Woodworks a few years ago at the fly fishing show in New Jersey. And I was really just impressed by the quality of the craftsmanship and the attention to detail. Bob over at Sunfish does um, very realistic work, but he also does almost like fish caricature uh, work um, in wood. And so he does trophy carvings and then he does kind of like... um, tackle shop looking signs and it's really amazing Uh, a podcast can't do um, his work justice but uh, he does one-sided pieces he does three-dimensional two-sided pieces Um, he does all sorts of stuff so head over to sunfishwoodworks.com check out bob's work there's also going to be a link to um, an article i wrote about sunfish woodworks um, on casting across Um, in the show notes for this page. So definitely check it out. If you want a unique gift, a unique decoration, if you want to do something kind of different to capture a catch that you have and you have a photograph, Bob would be able to recreate that um, just in a real stunning fashion. So so check out Sunfish Woodworks for uh, some really, really cool uh, artwork that you or somebody else might truly enjoy. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast 
and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.